everyone. Welcome back to the Youth Voice Podcast. Our podcast is aimed at giving a voice for teenagers who can't get their voice heard by adults or in the mainstream media. My name is Nagish, and today I'm joined by Ishan, Rili, Ben, and Sharanya. Today's episode is episode 13, which is on the Israel-Palestine crisis. Before we start talking about today's topic, we send our deepest condolences to everyone in both Israel and Palestine, praying for an end to the violence occurring. I'd also like to introduce our special guest for today's episode, Ida. Hi, I'm Ida. I'm a freshman, and I'm taking a pro-Palestinian standpoint on this, as this is a very close-to-home topic. All right. Thank you for introducing yourself, Ida. Uh, the Israel, uh, Israeli-Palestinian conflict is an ongoing violent struggle between the Israelis and Palestinians. Various attempts have been made to resolve the conflict as part of the Israeli-Palestinian peace process. It has been referred to as the world's most intractable conflict with, an, with the ongoing Israeli occupation of the West Bank and the Gaza Strip reaching 54 years. It all started when public declarations of claims to a Jewish homeland in Palestine including the 1897 First Zionist Congress and the 1917 Balfour Declaration, created early tension in the region. At the time, the region had a small minority Jewish population, although this was growing via significant Jewish immigration. Attempts to solve the early conflict culminated in the 1947 United Nations Partition Plan for Palestine and the 1947 to 1949 Palestine War, marking the start of the wider Arab-Israeli conflict. The current Israeli-Palestinian status quo began following Israeli uh, military occupation of the Palestinian territories in the 1967 Six-Day War. In the present day, Palestinian protesters and Israeli police have clashed on a daily basis in and around Jerusalem's old city, home to major religious sites sacred to Jews, Christians, and Muslims, and the emotional epicenter of the Middle East conflict for weeks now. Israel views Jerusalem as its unified eternal capital. It had captured East Jerusalem, which includes the old city in the 1967 Mideast War, along with the West Bank in Gaza. Palestinians want those territories for their future state, with East Jerusalem serving as their eventual capital. But Israel has annexed the eastern part of the city in a move not recognized internationally. The fate of East Jerusalem has been one of the thorniest issues in the peace process, which has ground halt to more uh, for more than a decade ago. In recent days, hardline Israelis have staged other events in East Jerusalem, leading to scattered violent altercations with Palestine. So without further ado, let's start. Um, I think, first of all, we should acknowledge what has been uh, kind of the center of um talk in terms of what's been going on uh, with Israel and Palestine. Uh, First of all, as most of us probably know, over uh, 3,000 rockets were uh, fired from Hamas into Tel Aviv and other surrounding cities. And in a very exaggerated and uh, gratuitous retaliation, Israel has bombed Gaza with an unprecedented amount of armory uh does anyone have any comments to make about that i just wanted to add that i just find this whole thing extremely disgusting how it's anti-human rights it's you know against their rights and it's just overall disgusting because they're bombing families and the difference or like you know a struggle to find peace between two countries shouldn't harm children and it shouldn't harm actual people who who are innocent um to go on the bomb fact i feel like 
again, like to agree with Rudy, it's like it's not it's not in any way like anything positively to be viewed. And there is a lot of artillery being used, like from both sides. That's really just harming both people. And it's just having I feel like in some situations you might have one side that has like more of an upper hand over the other, which is allowing maybe like stronger artillery use in anyways, but like either way, it's having a really detrimental impact. Yeah, I think regardless of, um, I think just regardless, you just have to be a good human to recognize that we should be keeping children and just and just civilians out of this. And seeing the pictures in the news, seeing the media, seeing the pictures coming out of Gaza, seeing children being shot at and being murdered by these rockets, it's just terrifying. And I think we should all be praying for an end to this humanitarian crisis. Yeah. Um, I uh, First of all, I think that it's important to acknowledge the clear disparity between Israel and um, Palestine. I mean, obviously, Israel has much stronger uh, military operations going on because they have a lot of funding from the United States and other uh, developing countries um, and other uh countries that have a lot of wealth um but i honestly from a as a jewish person uh living in america um as an ashkenazi jew um where my ancestors escaped persecution in russia and were able to uh somehow avoid the holocaust in all of its horror but still face persecution i mean it's imperative to remember what jewish people have gone through in the past in terms of um, just so much oppression, especially with the Holocaust and with uh, throughout history um, in every single nation on earth. But it's crazy that this has developed into an extreme form of Zionism where I think it's inappropriate to equate Zionism to anti-Zionism anti to anti-Semitism because what extremist Zionists are doing in Israel is not what the Jewish faith stands for. It is oppressive, it is repressive, and it is apartheid, and it is considered ethnic cleansing. And honestly, it disgusts me on a very personal level, and I have a hard time talking about this issue um, when it's just so tense and so hard to see other people treating people the same way that we wouldn't have wanted to be treated. Yeah, I feel that genocide in any, genocide in general is a horrible thing. Like, and I feel like the people that had came from the Holocaust that were sectioned off to this, this 55% of land that Great Britain gave them in the UN partition of the 1949, I feel like they, it there should have this Zionism that grew from it as Ben you had uh, like brought up. It was like they're coming from one bad situation and almost like this Zionist thought is like almost it's very negative, you know, like to have this like expansion will and it's um it's like very hard to kind of live in a state where like you have this happening and that people are or had that were in the ethnic cleansing and being kicked out due to this, it's kind of like you just came from a horrible event. Like you wouldn't 
have any sympathy, you know, for the other people that are also getting kicked out. It's often said that one of the first casualties of war are the innocent. And that's, you know, very indicative of, regardless of stance, somebody fired and you fired back, sure, but you're targeting civilians. And at the rate that when you see those pictures and those videos of children and, you know, people just, I, I can't describe the way that it makes you feel because it makes you feel it's indescribable it's a disgusting feeling to see that you know humans are actively choosing to do this to other humans and that gets into the whole topic in conversation of the ethicality of, of war which is a discussion for another day but it's a very heartbreaking sight to see uh, like i mean other than like that we're willing to do this to other people of our own species because at the end of the day all these borders that we have and stuff like that is our, they're all self-imposed. We humans decided to cho choose to make these borders, you know, America's this, Mexico's that we decided to make, you know, you know, like everything, really everything that we know to somebody coming down from outer space, it's going to look foolish because they're all just ways to divide us. If you really think about it, I'm not saying, you know, abolish all, you know, uh, all countries and, you know, just make it just one world or anything. I'm saying that, it's important to remember that at the end of the day, regardless of, uh, you know, gender, race, wherever you live, it doesn't matter any of that. We're still humans. And that's an important thing to keep in mind, especially when you get into something like war and obviously things like the Holocaust, which are just absolutely terrible. There is no questioning that. And there is no discussion about it either. Yeah, I think one of the biggest takeaways from this situation, despite how or like aside from how horrible and disgusting it is. And I think that Ida and Ben both touched on it a little, is this is a genocide. This isn't a war where both sides are equally fighting. If you look at the death counts and the amount of artillery from the Israel side, it's significantly higher than the Palestinian attack towards Israel, if you can even call it an attack. So I think that that's one of the things that people, uh, allies of Israel need to look at and you know analyze a little bit more. Yeah, just touching up on that again, like when you look at the statistics and you look at the data, you can't really call this a war. And I just completely agree with what Sharanya said, like the killings of family and the killings of children is, you know, a product of war sometimes. But in this case, it's only happening to one side, which makes you really question if it's like a matter of conflict between both sides or just, you know, oppression and attack from one side to another. Yeah, Riddy, I totally see what you're saying there. I mean, when you actually look at the statistics, uh, it's been reported, just reported. I mean, there's no way of really knowing how many casualties there actually are, especially because Israel bombed Al Jazeera, one of the largest news media coverages in um, all of Gaza. But when you look at what's reported, uh, over 1,600 people have been killed in Gaza compared to six people in Israel. Now, deaths either way on either side are completely awful and we just need an end to violence overall. But I think it's just, it's important to acknowledge that disparity because we're looking at the, the oppressors and the oppressed and there's retaliations that result in um, death. And uh, I honestly, it just, there needs to be an end to this overall, especially when you look at who is being most targeted, which 
our children, when you look at, there's a 550 to one ratio of children being killed uh, in Gaza and from Palestine. I, I just, when children get involved, it just makes me so angry that that is happening in another country. So I just wanted to bring that up. And with these deaths in general, it so this is a completely different time. Like we have media like we've never had before. We have Instagram and Snapchat and all this social media to get this stuff like more aware, like it's bringing more awareness to it, like when it's happening immediately. But like when this was happening a few years ago, I feel like Israel with all of its resources had a lot of like, they had a lot of progress in covering this up in the media. And it's kind of different now how it's like, we're able to see what's happening. And then people are not being blinded by these realities of what's actually like the all the bombings and stuff. Yeah, uh, I completely agree with you, Ida. I feel like, especially uh, in the present, we have so much more access to like uh, mass media that we're able to like see what's happening on the ground. And going back to what uh, both Ida and Ben said about the ca the casualty and death toll there, I think it's important that we recognize just how underreported the statistics are going to probably be there. Gaza is the third most densely populated polity in the entire world. There are around uh, roughly 2 million Palestinians in just 362 square kilometers. So when there are airstrikes flying from both sides into an area so small, uh, we can estimate that uh, the current death tolls are probably much, much higher than what's currently being reported. And going back to the talks about violence, one of the factors that uh, probably led to the current violence in both Israel and Gaza is the eviction of 13 Palestinian families from the Sheikh Jarrah neighborhood in the territory of East Jerusalem. And I just wanted to ask, what are your guys' thoughts on the evictions and its current relation to the conflict? Yeah, the, that's the Sheikh Jarrah, uh, the whole in incident surrounding Sheikh Jarrah is just so messed up and it's kind of indicative of how this uh conflict is playing out because at the end of the day you know everybody's saying it i myself said you know it's a war in te it's technically a war but when you think about it who's being evicted whose civilians are being mistreated so badly and manhandled and you know which country is taking the heavier uh losses and stuff you know it's technically a war there were air quotations around that but it's more like a genocide in every form of the word people are being oh you know evicted and this is eerily similar to stuff that happened in the 1940s so i don't like the way this is going and the fact that people are finally you know starting to realize what's going going on thanks to the increased presence of social media is helping it but there has to be a serious movement to make sure this stops because from what I, from what you're, what is being shown, it's just getting worse and worse every, every day, every time you look away and come back to it, something worse has happened. So there needs to be like an overall just movement to stop it like outright, like the ceasefire yeah. that has happened. What people yeah. don't realize is that this has been happening for a long time. Like this ethnic cleansing, this removing people from their neighborhoods to be put into smaller in more condensed areas. Initially, for this small amounts of the people that were immigrating during the UN like 
split, they were given 55%. So this is 55% of this this land for the mandate. And in recent years, it's rose into roughly 80%. So as this keeps happening, this is just, just this number keeps growing and growing, which means that you have more people being forced out of their homes into other smaller areas. Like another anecdote, my, actually my grandfather got, when he was a baby, he got thrown out of his window of his own home and like had to run from the people coming to take them out of their house. So it's a really tough thing. Um, yeah, just to add on to what everyone has been saying, like, I agree, like, this is a genocide. And at this point, we should understand that everything they're doing has to be, you know, something that they think is right. And what either they may know it's wrong or it's right, um, that doesn't matter. It just matters that they're doing it. And right now, I don't think there's any, like, you know, space for negotiation. And I don't think there's any, you know, space for, you know, peace between these countries because. Right now, this isn't peace. This is just, you know, trying to stop, you know, Israel from oppressing Palestine. So for all the people who are like, you know, trying to like make excuses, I just feel like right now, there's not really any room for that. Yeah, and I feel like there are people who are not educated on the topic that go in and pull extremely wrong views on the situation to make very wild and robust statements on what's happening like you can't deny that a lot of people have been dying and that there have been brutal bombings but then you also have these people that are hiding this behind the idea that it's not them and that everything like some things I've seen things that are like oh it's an accident but the fact that they're using this like some cover up for this is just not acceptable. I think that's a great um, segue into our next topic, Ida. So we want to touch a little bit on anti-Semitism and how it's being confused with anti-Zionism and also the rise in hate crimes in the United States and globally uh, towards Jewish people because of this, you know, conflict air quotes. Yeah, again, back to the uneducatedness, people are using our immediately when they think of this conflict, there's initially that first thought of religion versus religion, you know, like you have these people who are if they people have been perceiving that if you're on the Palestinian side, you are anti-Semitist, but you they really aren't. They're just like, there's nothing. There's a lot of different. It's like generalization, you know, stereotypes. You can't really there because there's one bunch of bad people. You can't really stereotype a a lot of people to be associated with them and that's just not how it works so it's really sad to see some of these excuses being all like you know yeah there's a lot of stereotyping that goes into um just when people see from the uh, outside what's actually happening people that are uneducated about this issue they start stereotyping um that extremism goes i mean there is extremism that exists on either side when we look at the extremist far-right zionists that are causing a lot of this or even on the palestinian side uh uh, some of the uh you know people in the palestinian liberation organization or uh from hamas that um are causing like violence even if it's a a trivial amount Uh, extremism on either sides is unacceptable 
And we can't stereotype the rest of a people based on the actions of a few. Um, but a lot of anti-Semitism really goes back deep into um, this entire issue and uh, a lot of uh, Islamophobia as well. Um, when people are talking, uh, supporting Israel throughout all uh, this ethnic cleansing. But let me just give a, a teensy bit of history right now, which it, like all, almost the majority of Israeli uh, uh, residents are um, immigrants, uh, Ashkenazi immigrants from uh, Russia and Europe that escaped the Holocaust. And they were looking for a new home. So after the British mandate and the 1947 partition of Palestine, they didn't really uh, get uh, Palestine's consent, but they kind of just forced, the United Nations kind of just forced it upon them. They just started doing uh, to a similar extent what had been going on for years in Europe and across the world. And now everyone is facing uh, the repercussions of that, and it's just such a horrible, horrible situation. Yeah, I was trying to touch on that earlier, but I didn't want to say it exactly like that because I didn't know how to say it. But like they, yeah, like what you just said, they're taking what happened before, and instead of learning from like what they've experienced and the sympathizing, it's kind of like coming back, and like history is almost repeating itself, just in a different part of the world, you know. If you don't learn from the past, history is doomed to repeat itself. And touching on the subject of anti-Semitism, it's just really incredibly disheartening to see people use the pro-Palestine movement or just anything, just bl uh, blind hatred and bigotry to perpetuate anti-Semitism against a Jewish diaspora. And I think it's, uh, I don't think this, I think this has to be said, but you can be pro-Palestine and criticize, be, uh, uh, criticize the Israeli government and and also be actively anti against anti-Semitism. And just looking at the hate crimes rising against the uh, Jewish diaspora across the globe, it is just uh, scary and terrifying for them in a time like this. Um, going off of statistics, I believe there's a close to nearly 400 to 5%, 500% rise in hate crimes against Jewish people in the United Kingdom. And when people see those statistics, it's just incredibly scary and frightening. And I think we have to be clear that we have to all unite against anti-Semitism. And what it should be explicitly clear that one can be pro-Palestine and criticize a government without criticizing its people and an entire religion. Yeah, I'm just going to tie what you said in. Anti-Zionism is not the hatred of Jewish people. And when someone says they are anti-Zionist, they don't mean that they are opposed to the religion. They're opposed to the state of Israel. And I think people need to understand that misconception a lot um, and need to know that when people are talking about Israel, they don't mean Jewish people. And then on the other hand, um, people who are anti-Semitic on like a daily basis, they can't, we can't allow them to take this opportunity to decide to hate on a group of people because of this genocide happening. You know, like we need to direct what we say towards the state of Israel 
and not the people who have roots in Israel because people who are racist um, may decide that that's their opportunity to take. I also have seen some people from that have been seeing, I guess, the Israeli side of it, and they are taking this as anti-Semitism towards them, which I also think is something that, like, it's not really correct, you know? So I feel like that's something also to point out and something that definitely can't, it's all, it's definitely a misconception. And it's also resulting in very negative repercussions. Um, and with that, our episode comes to an end. Uh, thank you, Ida, for joining us. And thank you for watching. Um, make sure to subscribe and turn on post notifications. Follow us on Instagram at Youth Voice Official, TikTok, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Stay safe, everyone, and we will see you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.